When you have more to offer, when the day job is awesome and you're great at it, and the second job is just as great, and the third job, and you have this great idea for another, when do you stop? When do you want more? I like more. Let's learn about more. Jason Stevenson is next. This is a dash of grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. Now, podcasting from Spire to leaders in local communities like yours, here is Brian Leflock. And let's get cooking. So think back to when you were a kid. Think back to what they told you. They said you can be a fireman, you can be a lawyer, you can be a teacher, you can be an inventor, or you can go to the military. I mean, they gave you five or six choices, and that's what we did or we followed in the family business. And things have changed. And that's what this story, that was, that's what this interview today on Dash of Grid is all about. We don't have to be one thing. We don't have to be the thing that was created or set aside for us. We can make our own path. And I'm so excited to show you uh, how that's done. You're about to meet Jason Stevenson. He is the director of captives and alternative risks at the Oswald Companies. And I don't have a clue what that is, but he's going to tell us in a little bit. But he's more importantly going to tell us about all the other things he is. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's a visionary. He's a dabbler. He is successful in many different ways. And so uh, welcome to Dash of Grit, Jason Stevenson. Thanks for joining us. Brian, thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much. I'm really excited that you're here. And I think, uh, you know, this story, this this podcast is all about the pain that people go through to accomplish their dreams. And you have many and you've had pain. I'm interested, though, in what those dreams look like. You are successful. Success means a lot of things to a lot of people. But I am uh, I am already proud of the things that you've done so far. And I'm excited to learn more about that. Tell us what you're up to. What What is what are you being successful at these days? Start the show. Well, Thanks for that. I um, I appreciate you saying I'm successful. I um, maybe you can call my mother afterward and tell her that I made it. I don't know. I already got her permission. <laughs> I checked. I checked your references. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, so so you you reference. You know, I'm the director of uh, captives and alternative risks at at Oswald, and and that is certainly a primary r- responsibility professionally. But um, and I could explain to you if your audience needs. You know, one of the uh, uh, fall asleep sort of medleys. Um, I could, I could, I could, I could talk all about captives and insurance, but I'd prefer we kept them awake. So that's yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so, you know, I, um, I have a variety of different business investments and organizations, right? I, I own and have just acquired a bunch of additional hair salons, part of a franchise corp that owns uh, a lot of pizza shops. I'm in the real estate business. Uh, I've been through the software grind with a handful of software products and you know a variety of other of other projects, and you referenced you know being an entrepreneur and a dabbler, which is a funny joke. My wife is never sure what to call me, and uh, she uses dabbler, and it gets me a little bit because I feel like I'm more serious than that. But uh, yeah, I'm involved in a variety of different things. Yeah, and 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 talk to me about uh, the, the the success level of those. Are they are they just starting, which is successful in itself? Are they reaching some level of of success? Where where do you stand with some of those projects? Sure. Well, Oswald has been around 130 years almost, I think, and uh, I haven't been there quite that whole time. But in the last couple of years, you know, we've we've taken the captive and alternative risk area, which is effectively where people build their own insurance companies and formalized it, and we'll probably have 30 built. Uh, brand new insurance companies uh, by the end of this year, which is which is probably the fastest growing operation of that kind in the U.S. Um, I would say for sure it is. There's no way to corroborate that, but I know we don't know anybody growing faster than that. You know, probably secondarily, I 
uh, I own a bunch of hair salons with a, with a partner. And, um, you know, we went from 35 salons to 92 salons and starting in April, we'll, we'll add another 51 salons. We're going to have 143 of them in nine States and, uh, COVID, you know, the last 12 months have been really difficult to navigate, but I'm proud of our team and our staff having been able to, to ultimately navigate, uh, that environment. And we're seeing substantive profit and, and regrowth of those, uh, spaces, which is, which is kind of exciting. And, one thing that really enticed me about the hair salon business is that I don't think, never, never say never, but I, I don't think it's something Amazon can take away from me, right? You still have to get your hair cut in person somehow. <laughs> Can't get a haircut delivered, I don't think. So, yeah. um, you know, uh, uh, we're interested in that uh, business. I'm, I'm excited about the consulting work I do with a, with a towing management group in Dallas, which um, we're seeing substantive growth for a number of our clients where I'm doing uh, sort of some growth. Uh, and sales-related consulting. The pizza business, especially as a result of COVID, has really, really expanded. I'm proud to have a small part of that. Um, so, you know, success to me looks like essentially setting your mind to something and getting somewhere near accomplishing it. Um, that doesn't always mean money, and it doesn't always mean fancy this or success is defined fill in the blank. It, it, it means to me basically saying, I think I can do this, you know, preparing yourself mentally to do it, yeah. and then and then getting close uh, or getting there, in fact, right? Those are Those are successful um, that's successful to me. So let's talk about, uh, about what drives you. I'm interested in that because I think what drives you is going to show us some of the obstacles and hurdles you've overcome. You're very successful with a successful business that is doing successful things that for most is enough. What drives you to own and operate and start and be involved in the growth of these other organizations and agencies and businesses when maybe shouldn't you just be focused on the one thing? Man, you know that's. I have this conversation a lot. I have a desire for for better, um, and and I define that as not necessarily more, but I just I think I've got better to give. Hmm. And you know, to be honest, I, I've got more capacity mentally, uh, and so it isn't so much about hours or time; it's about mental capacity. You might say it's silly, but even with everything I've got going on, I'm still and a lot of times mentally kind of bored. Um, hmm. I've, I've, I've got a lot of these things figured out and I'm, I'm way more intrigued by figuring out the new thing than necessarily just kind of reoperating the existing thing on, on a more technical basis, I guess, you know, I, I've always felt more comfortable having eggs in multiple baskets. It just feels more comfortable to me. So I'm an employee at Oswald. I'm an employee owner. I love Oswald. I believe in Oswald. I don't want to be anywhere else or do anything else, but you know, if all your eggs are in one basket, how safe do you feel at any given time, right? And that isn't about getting fired or whatever. It's about um, the marketplace, right? I mean, what if demand? What if demand falls? What if? What if any number of things happen? And so, you know, with my mental energy, I've I've chosen uh, to pursue um, you know other business environments, which I which I thought were going to be accretive to my own lifestyle and protective of my my family's ex- expectations in lifestyle. Um, and by the way, you could absolutely expand your mental energy to deciding you're going to read a book a week or expanding mm-hmm. your mental energy to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to hobby farm on the weekends or, or, or I'm, I'm going to have a wood shop in my garage and make really cool tables. You, you could do that in any number of ways. And I do those other things too. I just, I have this almost <laughs> uh, endless, it is too much, but you know, I've got a lot of yeah. mental capacity yeah. and I, and I, I, um, I'm driven ultimately by fulfilling that, frankly. And when I feel like I'm fulfilling it, I feel good about myself and I feel happy generally. And it's really when I feel unfulfilled 
mentally is when I get into a funk or when I, when I feel itchy about going to do something else or, uh, get grumpy. Right. I yeah, mean, yeah. the stimulation, uh, mentally is, is ultimately what's, what's driven so much of this. Absolutely. And a lot of, a lot of folks do their best work when they've got multiple plates spinning and doing a lot of things, but a lot of times they don't take on those challenges because they are, uh, potentially hurdles. And so let's talk about some of those times you mentioned eggs in one basket, Let's talk about some of those times when those eggs aren't playing well and one of them's causing grief for the other one. So the, the day jobs like are just time. fine. Yeah. So, <laughs> so go back to a time when you're like, man, I took on too much. I bit off too much. This one isn't going to work. Can you give me an example of when things started to go wrong at any time? Well, in that context, things have gone wrong plenty of times, but yeah. in the, in the bit off too much realm, you know, that that's only happened a few times, but I've been trying, I've tried to be extremely meaning, uh, mindful of it since then. The most recent time really was probably several years ago now where, where effectively I had, I had taken on a variety of responsibilities associated with, with associations and nonprofits and board responsibilities and a, and a, and a demanding job and a new family. I'd run for office, you know, I had this really, I had this really long list of responsibilities. And honestly, the, the challenge, and this is what I learned about that was that all of those were time requirements. They all required a certain amount of hours from me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't win time, I, uh, meaning I couldn't use my own mental capacity to, to do more with time. I had the to brain is go infinite to, and time is finite and you couldn't I, match those up. Yep. I had to go to meetings in a day that represented 20 hours and you just couldn't do it all. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that, that's a great learning experience and has, and has absolutely informed my own strategy around being able to take on other things. I, I delegate much better than I ever used to. Uh, I hire as well as humanly possible. I trust people to do the work that they are trained to do. Um, they prefer it. And if you hire right, you don't have to micromanage. And I rely on that. And and frankly, there's no way. And people ask me all the time, how do you do all this stuff? Well, the fact is, I don't do it. I mean, I I am I am I am the vision. I am the finance. A lot of times, um, I am. But but I you know I I hire well. I have great great support and staff. And if I had to if I had to be all the hours to all the things, um, th- there simply wouldn't be enough time to to go around. So. Um, it was a great learning experience, frankly, and and uh, difficult at the time. I had to actually leave a handful of different things and 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 resign from a board, and just you know it was too time consuming. Yeah. And for someone like yourself that values that that more and better, I know you yeah. also value it for your customers and those you're serving. When you had to give those things up, and maybe you didn't fulfill everyone's expectations, I'm guessing that might have been the case. How did that make you feel coming off of that? Well, you nailed it. I mean, there's a board I joined and then I realized in a few weeks that there was just no way I was going to be able to meet the demand. And they were very excited and happy to have me. And I was frankly excited to be a part of it. And it needed influence and energy. And I very simply did not have the capacity to give it energy. Now I could tell it what to do, but I had 10 minutes a month, right? I just didn't. And I was disappointed in my own decision-making, not being able to see that before it happened. And the truth is ego, you know, somebody asks yeah. you to, to, to be important to them. It's hard to say no. Yes. But, but I will tell you, it was more disappointing for me to have to look at them and go, I'm sorry, I committed and I shouldn't have. 
and mm-hmm. they, you could see their heads drop and they, and they were disappointed, frankly, that I led them down a path that I wasn't going to be able to fulfill the expectations I had set. Now, I, you know, somebody asks you, they vet you, you discuss it, you have breakfast twice, you, you know, you go through this process to decide if you're a good fit. And I should have earlier on been able to to be able to say, look, this is more than I have time for. And I, and I didn't make that assessment. And so when I had to retroactively say, look, I'm really sorry, but I don't think I can do this. That was horrible. And I, I just, I, you know, they deserve better than that. And it wasn't intentional, but I, um, you know, I learned an awful lot from that particular experience. Yeah. And I get that. And we've all been there. And I think the one, the, the one question is, how do you know when that moment is when you just have to make a decision and then how do you get, do you move forward until you can exit gracefully? Or do you just say, you know, I just can't serve you well. I need to back out now. What's the best way to handle that situation? Situationally, it's one thing or the other, right? I mean, if you've been in sticky situations in one case, get the best cut bait and move on and everybody will appreciate a quick ending, you know, in other cases, that's not fair. And, and so you might just have to sleep less for a little while. Right. And, and if you're, and if I think if you're conscious of your, your whereabouts as relates essentially to the relationships you're maintaining and the, and the, and the business company you're keeping and the other, the other people and, and institutions and so on that are at some point dependent on you. Mm-hmm. If, 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 if you're a decent person and you're, and you're conscious about your surroundings, you should be able to make the assessment, right? Is it fair if I just up and leave these people? Well, in some cases, the answer is they'll be fine. And in other cases, the answer is no, that is just simply not fair. And it is, and you can't, you can't do that. Best case, honestly, the right thing to do is to be honest with yourself before you make a commitment about whether or not you can see it through. Yeah. Right. And uh, listen, I have three little kids and I tell them you can't quit. We don't quit. It's just not something we do. And I've had to do that a few times. and, And it's not so much that you can't quit because you, shouldn't quit something that isn't good. It's because you commit to a certain period of time and a certain activity. And not only do you need to see that through, but um, you owe it to the people you've committed to, right? You you throw them into a spiral too. And, and uh, so I I wouldn't say there's one way or another to do that. I think situationally you should be aware of what your change in heart or your change in availability is going to do and be conscious of that. Yeah, I, I agree. I've got three older kids and it's the exact, you still have to share that constantly. And the thing I think about, I was actually thinking about my kids too, while you were sharing your story. Um, the, the thing that I was thinking about is I'm their father. I'm each one of theirs father. I'm also a husband. They want 100% of me and they each deserve 100% of me. Uh, very difficult to do. And so I switched the question and, and changed the topic a little bit. You've got all of these entities in your business world. How do you prioritize if, if one really needs you, but the other one has to have you and you've committed to the other one, yeah. how, do, how do you determine uh, where your, your time and energy and expanse goes? Situational. You know, I mean, sure. I you already that used that answer. You can't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the right answer, I think. I know I mean, it is. <laughs> you know, it has been a lesson in my life thus far in prioritization and time management. Um and for the most part, uh, I've been able to prioritize and time manage by delegating appropriately so that I, I am taking on, you know, an appropriate amount of, of t- I mean, really it's time. Um, mm-hmm. 
So the fact is I try and plan ahead and, and I do my best. I mean, I, I, I would be lying to you if I told you that, you know, there's a methodology I use and it color codes it and there's a special functional thing or whatever. I, I, I keep a common calendar so that, you know, I don't, I don't overbook things. You know, the fact is you've got to be conscious of, of all of your responsibilities. And, and in some cases you've got to prioritize on the spot. Two critical things occur at the same time and one can either wait five minutes or it can't or an hour, or it can't. Critical is not always the same thing to everybody. But situationally, if if in 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 my in my experience, I've got the mental capacity to manage all of the, these different things and juggle all of these different demands, and that includes situationally having to make tough calls about what I'm going to do this hour or this minute or this you know this five minute period. And uh, you know, I don't think I'm unique or special in some way. A lot of people effectively time manage and deal with a lot of fast and furious items. It's it's about priority and about recognizing usually pretty quickly what needs to happen right this second and what can happen five minutes from now, you know? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about delegation a little bit. You've mentioned hiring the right people and making sure you have the right team to help you. How how much can you delegate? How Can you delegate everything? Can you delegate only a certain things across the board? How do you figure out where that line is? You're not going to let me use situational again, are you? Doggone it. Go ahead if you have to. (laughs) (laughs) You know, in each case, you've got um, got individuals that are capable. Um, If you wait and hire right, you won't have to micromanage people. They understand the vision. They have been empowered to make decisions on your behalf. And mm-hmm. when they feel empowered to make decisions on your behalf or on the business's behalf, really, um, I consider all the business stuff I'm in as, as a business first and Jason's decision-making kingdom second, right? I mean, that's not, that's not the, that's not the mentality, right? We, we have a do what's best for the business mentality. Mm-hmm. And, and that means doing what's best for the customer, you know, et cetera, common sense. Um, in most cases, um, on a day-to-day basis, there's very little that that I, you know, I would I would demand to be consulted on, and very little that I would disagree with the decision they've made. And uh, from time to time, I ask, "What's the logic?" But rarely does someone say, "I need this," or "I should have that," or "We should invest in this other thing." And I say, "No, that's silly. I don't want to do that." I mean, that's that's really uh, uncommon, and it's mostly because we've got. Uh, we're on the same page generally about what we're trying to accomplish, about what the business needs and how it needs to operate. And the right people are making good decisions on behalf of the business. And that's got a trickle up effect to me, right? I don't need to press down in order to get good decisions made. Good decisions made trickle up to be accretive and valuable to me. So delegation has been probably the most important skill an anxiety management test, right? That that I've ever I've ever worked on, and 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 has has been an extremely valuable skill to to learn and and take on. And I've been told for many years you can't do everything you've got to delegate it, but that's much easier said than done when you're, you know, when you've got a lot invested. Has it ever failed you that you've delegated too much? Sure. I mean, yeah. there have certainly been cases where I mostly the failure is in my assumption that somebody understands what I need them to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to own it, right? Party. You own it. Yeah. Extreme ownership. Good for you. I'm, I'm the responsible party, right? If somebody, somebody didn't complete this tax filing or somebody didn't do this other thing, it isn't because 
they just didn't do it or they didn't understand. It's usually because I wasn't, I didn't tell them to do it. I didn't ask them to do it. I didn't in the fair, I didn't in the first place make clear the depth and breadth of what it is I need them to, to do or more appropriately and worse. They asked me and I gave them the wrong answer or they asked me and I wasn't available and I ignored them and I forgot to get back to them. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the truth of being extremely busy is that things can fall through the cracks and they almost always fall through the cracks at my level. And there's no question about it. And so I'm, I'm open with everybody that I need them to talk to me freely and I need them to stay on me and that I'm never ignoring anyone on purpose. Uh, but delegation that doesn't work is usually a function of, you know, my, my inadequate sort of, sort of expectation setting, not, not, not them generally. If you chose the right people, they don't walk out on you. They don't no. ignore what's right. They, that, that's not that's not in their in their mentality. Any deficit that's produced at their level is a function of me not outlining it and and being you know appropriate from an expectation standpoint. Yeah, and so you've learned to completely trust and 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 learn to try at least to communicate your expectations so that you can get the right on the other side. I'm wondering if you can give uh, folks listening and watching what's your number one advice for hiring the right person to be able to serve as a mini me or to get things done the way I would want it to be done? What the, how do people go about that? It's hard to hire today. Oh, it's, I think it's always been hard. It, it, it's not, it, it's hard today too, right? Um, yeah. It, it's hard to find a mini me. My experience has been Good. that you, I mean, I don't think that's practical in most cases, right? Um, what I've tried to do is hire people who are really good at what I'm asking them to do and who want to do what I'm asking them to do. Right. So if it's HR, they're good at HR and they like HR and they want to do HR. Like that combination of things is just so important to, for them to be stable as an employee, happy, happy when they operate, whatever it is that they're doing. Um, you know, if you're trying to pound a square peg into a round hole, they're, they're there for a paycheck and not having a really good time. And, and, and you're going to have animus built up. You're going to have challenges. They're not going to intuitively know what to do mm-hmm. if it's not a comfort zone for them. So a mini me is not practical, but in certain, at least not in my experience, because, you know, I'm doing more than most people, but um, hiring people for their primary skill sets and things they want to do mm. is, is the difference. If, if you can tell they don't really want to do this, it's probably not a good fit for, for either one of you. It'd probably be temporary no matter what. Yeah. It, I, I asked you about, as soon as I asked about the mini me, I answered my own question because that's the one thing that I, I fail at is whenever I'm trying to hire or find someone to help or whatever, I say, do it my way. I'm successful. Do it like this, do it like this, do it like this. And then I complain that I, that they won't do it my way. Yeah. My wife says, there's no, there, you can't hire a mini you. There's no one out there. Let them do it their way. And I'm yeah. still trying to learn that myself. So I'm glad you went there. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I don't do everything right. In fact, I do most things wrong. I, yeah. I, I, I have a few strengths and one of them is knowing all my weaknesses. Good for you. Uh, and, and I would tell you that there's a lot of those. Uh, and so I've tried to hire around them too. I, I will, I mean, my attention to detail is horrific. Right. I mean, you know, it's a real good day if I can remember my social security number, my birthday. Yeah. I, I am doing a lot of things and I am tuned in conceptually and I, and I am, you know, but I, but I struggle, I struggle with finite detail, follow up on finite detail. And so I've tried really hard to delegate those tasks because they're extremely important, but I know what I'm good at and what I like to do. Mm -hmm. And I know that you're good at and like to do different things. And we're a lot better fit 
like this than we are if we overlap or if, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do things that I'm not good at, uh, at the end of the day, that will not be, that will, that will not create a successful outcome and at any length of time. Very wise. And so for the, the Jason Stevenson empire, as you continue to grow and do all these different things, what are the hurdles that you anticipate having to overcome to show some additional levels of grit? What's coming up? What's, what's in, what's in front of you that you're going to have to, to get across? You, you know, I think the market over the next year or two anyway, is going to grow. I mean, I think people have been sitting on cash. Mostly uh, these stimulus payments are helpful. Uh, and and uh, while there are certainly some struggling, the fact is savings rate in the U.S. is up something like 70% and expenses were down last year, something like 50%. Mm-hmm. So in aggregate, Americans, individuals and businesses have more money in their pocket than they've had in a really long time. And the government's passed out a couple trillion dollars, three or four trillion, I think, by the time it's all said and done and cash that goes to individuals. Mm -hmm. That money is going to matriculate into the marketplace, whether you agree with it or not, it will get into the marketplace. Now, it'll probably cause tax issues, but nonetheless, it will get into the marketplace, which is going to grow sales and make make generally business good, right? I think the biggest hurdles in time are being able to continue sourcing good employees. Um, Some of our businesses are retail. Some of the stuff I'm in is not at all retail. Talent is extremely hard and really expensive, uh, number one. Um, Number two, honestly, personally, I think think I'm going to have to call my my efforts, right? I'm going to have to limit the amount of things I'm doing because as much as I've delegated, um, I'm still very hands-on on a lot of things. And so over the next year or two or three, I will probably work to either exit some things uh, in an effort to to limit the dispersion of my brain power um, mm. or or further delegate uh, to the point where I, I'm, I'm really thinking of it as an investor instead of a, an officer, right? And um, just a terminology in my own mind. But um, you know, those are those are the big challenges, I think. Staff, people, uh, and and uh, personally, uh, making sure that I can continue to feed my my appetite for variety uh, without getting uh, overextended. Jason, whether it's about the Oswald companies and what you do there, whether it's uh, about the, the the hair care industry or the pizza industry, or if, if so, folks just want to learn how you keep it all straight and how they might be able to learn too, how would you ask someone to get in touch with uh, with you if you would like them to? I'm happy to talk to anybody that's got an interest. I'm I'm in the Cleveland area. I don't know how widely this is viewed. I'm in the Cleveland area, but I, I travel and I'm all around, but they're, they're welcome to email me. Probably the best thing to do email is um, I can give it if you'd like. It's up um, to you. Sure. Yeah, sure. The, the best email to get in touch with me is JTS at Jason T. Stevenson.com. It's just my name, JTS at Jason T. Stevenson.com. I'm pretty connected to my email and all my technology. And uh, so if you've got questions or you're interested in hanging out sometime uh, or interested in any of those particular business items, um, or just want to talk, I'm, I'm happy to connect. That's great. And, and I appreciate that. And that's what this show is all about is connecting and inspiring and helping folks overcome or, uh, or feel inspired to 
overcome the challenges in front of them. So thank you for sharing that. Quick plug for Spire Advertising, which sponsors this program. We uh, are a marketing company that helps businesses overcome their own challenges. And if uh, if you're spending too much on marketing, not getting the return that you need, trying to overcome some ceilings that are in front of you, uh, those are the things and challenges we like to help you address. Uh, so we are at spiread.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me at the Dash of Grit homepage that you're listening to now. Thank you very much, Jason, for being my guest on, on this episode of, of Dash of Grit. Jason with Oswald Companies and every other thing that fits into his exponential brain. I, I can't. I, I really want to thank you for one thing, your vulnerability. Uh, very real, very upfront, open and honest about your limitations, lack thereof. And uh, I, I think you resonate with a lot of folks. So thank you very much. Well, I'm happy to talk about my limitations. They're, they're, they're hard to hide from, right? You're going to figure it out pretty quick. So <laughs> it's just honesty. You did fine. And, uh, and I think uh, that you'll be surprised. Most of us realize, most of us think we have far more limitations than we have opportunities. And that's the head trash that can get in our way. And so when, when we understand what those limitations are, but we don't define the maximum, I think that's when yeah. we're on the right track. And I think that's where you are. So great. Well, I appreciate you saying that, Brian. It was great to be here. Thanks for having me. You're great. Thank you for being on the show. We do this once a week. Feel free to look back through the library to see some other folks just like Jason that are getting it done. Uh, Until then, until next time, get gritty and win the day. We'll see you then. This is a Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. 